Now, I will not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I propose to come unto you, but it was left here. What are we? What are left until now. Okay. I was. So I propose to come unto you, but let's until now. As can you say, amen. <laughs> I always try right, <laughs> Let's go to you. That I might have some fruit among you, even as among other Gentiles. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to share something from this letter of Paul. I think that was first letter of Paul, right? To the, to the Romans. You know, there's something that was really happening to Paul. He was really. Uh, as we read, go back to the verse, uh, verse 8. Hallelujah. So Paul was writing this, writing the verse 30 made that you understand that he longed to come to the Masias and to also to take fruit among the Masias, but among the other Gentiles. So he basically understand that his writing was to the Gentiles, you know, that the Romans were Gentiles. So first of all, this was the group of people he was addressing, he was addressing to the Gentiles. But Paul. Before we really understand, I want us to really understand and appreciate what Paul wanted to go on this visit. I want us to look at who these people Hallelujah. We already said that they were Gentiles. But what kind of Gentiles? You know, when the, you know the Jews, until recently, when there was a prophecy, the Lord gave a prophecy in the Bible that before the end time comes, the Jews are going to gather together and call themselves a nation. So now we have a nation Israel. But you know that Israel, more or less, like, Never existed as a country. Israel existed within a, how do you call it? Other people, they were scattered abroad. Because you put the people of Israel living among the Gentiles because of slavery. So they were scattered, they were scattered all over. So we need the Gentiles, we need that the Israel never existed as a nation. They were scattered all over. So during those dispensations that the Roman Empire, Israel was so uh, scattered all over that they built synagogue, you know, wherever they found themselves. So a lot of synagogues that they had. Again, many many synagogues and like some of the apostles and the prophet took advantage of the synagogue that he went there to believe whatever they wanted to So the synagogues really exist and they built a lot of them. So these were the Jews that have built a lot of synagogues. Okay. And because of that, they spread all over in the Roman Empire. Hallelujah. So during this time, what you get to know that there was a one thing we knew about the Roman Empire that they believe in politics, you know, politics like we talk about, they believe in several apostles for them. They believe there's a goal for uh, for fertility, a goal for healing, a goal for the rain, a goal for they had goals for everything. This was what we knew the Romans to be. That was their, I don't know what I call it a religion. Because everybody had a goal for everything. So if you remember the account of Abraham, his brother, was it the, what's the name of Abraham's brother? Was it the, uh, I forgot his name. The one that I call he made his son and uh, I call it uh, Isaac to go and marry for. What's the name? That, that he told Abraham that time they didn't really go. So that's what Abraham told when Abraham was saying that uh, I heard a voice and the Lord is telling me to leave my father's house. His father, I call, Terah was a little surprised. He said, Ah, what kind of God? He said he didn't even know the God that spoke to him. He said, I heard a voice. But his brother was a person that was into selling of God. His brother, his uh, younger brother, Abraham, younger brother, he had goals for everything. And Abraham knew that, he knew that Abraham had been married for several years, he wasn't having uh, children. So he was even telling Abraham that if he wanted Abraham to be bound to this goal of activity, so that he could give it. And Abraham was so upset with his own brother. So these people believed in all kinds of gods. That's what they did. So in the Roman Empire, there was the existence of several gods among them. 
and these Jews were scattered among them. But during the time Paul was writing this letter to the what you realize that this polytheism or what the believer of several God really became unpopular among them, among them, the empire. So they said that many of them didn't want to subject or want to submit to believing of several God. And we are God a God for this, we are the God for this. So they all the time were coming together to believe in one God. So many of them believe in the gods of the Jews, like going to Judaism. So the Jews were living among them. So some of the Gentiles, the Romans, they began to believe the way the Jews believe. One God, but they want to join the religion called the Judaism. And some of them also converted to Christianity. They get me. Because they wanted to believe one God. So the Christians around that time never received the persecution than the early Christians. When they were started with which when they for becoming Christian, also they, they really wanted poor among them was really looking for them to convert, to kill them. At least people were started. They get so they really encountered some of the challenges that the early Christians uh, had to experience because that time many of them believed that there was only one God. So that's why you want to be in Judaism, I want to be in Christianity. So right, like now we have Christian and Muslim. So no much uh, persecution. So Paul made that understand that this writing that he wrote was not to the Jews in Romans. Because as a matter of fact, he said he wanted to have put amongst them the estate as he had, had among the other Gentiles. So predominantly was writing to the Gentiles that were living in the Roman Empire, more than the Christian converts, those that were unconverted from how you call it from, uh, from the polytheism that they were kind of worship and that they become Christians. Because he was writing to them. But look at what Paul said about the verse 6. Look at verse 6. Okay, can look at verse 6. Want to understand this the kind of people these people were. Although we need comment, but what was about them? He said, first, I thank my God Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is proven up throughout the whole world. For, uh, no, go back. For, what do you call it, a leader or a shepherd to be thankful to God about a group of people? Because how proud he was for this one. He said, I thank my God Jesus Christ. He was so proud of this church. Paul, that he saw them as one of his people. He was so proud about them that he was thanking God for them. Hallelujah. He was so appreciative to God that God has given them this hallelujah. May our shepherd be appreciated or be grateful for us, hallelujah. Because Amen. the Lord should do certain things with our life that we see that his fruit has never been in vain. Amen. And that's what Paul was seeing. Paul was so proud of this people. He was thanking God for these people. And what was he thanking them? Because their faith was spoken of throughout the whole world. This world is subject because the Paul will even said that I have preached the whole world. In their definition of the world was different. I mean, the Bible is understanding that they sent us to the entire world to go and preach the gospel. They might not be the entire globe necessarily. But Paul had a world he was talking to. And so, so in this kind of poor understanding of his world, well, the world that he had gone to, he said that these people faith have been spoken about everywhere. And then they became an example to many of the churches that when they got there, you have to mention their name and talk about the church of the Romans. So no wonder he was so proud about them. And also that was thanking God for them because their faith was this spoken of. For their faith to be spoken of, then you have to understand that this good faith was not just ordinary faith. There are people that they become more like, like they were so much convinced about what they have come to believe. Not the other people like they didn't know where they were stand. This people said they were much convinced about what they believe. Hallelujah. Let's go to okay, verse 9. I want you to know that this this he said, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of the Son. Now, with that, I make mention of faith in my prayers. Another thing about them. 
that in as much that Paul was taught of them and also right, were confirming their faith that was being spoken about to the entire world. There's one thing that Paul, you know, go, go to the verse 9. There's one thing that Paul was also talking about. I said he never seemed to pray for them. That means their act and whoever they were and the kind of how proud Paul was when they their kind of behavior that they were exhibiting compelled Paul, pushed Paul to constantly unstoppable, uh, uh, like unceasingly, give me another word, or continuously be praying for these people. Relentlessly. Be praying for this. He couldn't stop. Just imagine what would make a shepherd so eager always to be praying for his people. There are two things. Either the people are giving him issues and they are praying for God to really change their heart. But he's so, so happy about it. He was thanking God for it. And that's what Paul made understand. He was thanking God for their lives. That's why he was always praying. He said he never stopped praying. He was praying for these people always. Not that he had done something wrong or maybe he needed them. Maybe there's something going wrong. wrong about it. He was praying to God to type, to maybe to, to come to your end and solve your issue. Not that he was struggling or anything. But he was praying. And what was he praying about? Let's go to verse, verse 10. Is that this is what I pray? Is that you might pray this constant prayer, relentless prayer? What is that the word you use? All these kinds of he never stops daily, consistently. He was praying for them and said, so This is what I'm doing, making requests. If by any means now at length I might have the prosper journey by the will of God to come to you. Paul wanted to go and see them, and this is what he was praying. His constant prayer is for to get opportunity to come and meet these people because he never, although there were a lot of churches that Paul had. But there was something so special about this people was longing to see them. Longing, so eager and anxious to see them. Go to the best. Best, best, best then. Okay, so let uh, me come to this. So these are the kind of people that really was pushing Paul. First of all, their faith was spoken about the entire world that Paul was so proud of. About saying, this will compel me to be praying for them. Hallelujah. May our shepherd be compelled to pray for us. Hallelujah. Because we are going to make him proud in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this was what we, we, we were doing. And he said, why, was he, why did he want to come to them? He said, because he wanted to impart unto them what? Some spiritual gift to make them establish. Their faith is being spoken about to the entire world. What else do they need? The whole world knows about you. You are so special to the extent that I'm longing, I've been praying, always you have the opportunity to come. But what was so much, what, what, what was so much, uh, Paul so much in the hell to go impart unto them this spiritual gift? What did they need it for? He said, you need this one so that you may become what? Established. Other person put that so you will be what? You'll be strengthened. That, that verse 10. Verse 11. Let's go to verse 11. And therefore, I want this time, impart on Jesus spiritual to the end that you may be established. Other person put that you may be strengthened. You are people of faith. You <laughs> became a center of discussion to every single people talking about. You were spoken about in the entire world. But I said, there's something that I need to give to you. If you want to be what? Established. If you want to be what? Strengthened. It tells you how important spiritual gift was, was, was in the eyes of Paul. So he said that he said in Romans chapter 12 that, brothers, concerning spiritual gift, I do not want you to be ignorant. So he said, when it comes to spiritual gift, I don't want you to be ignorant about it. I want you to have knowledge of these things. Because in this thing, you need them for your establishment. You need them for your strengthening. Let me ask Christians, we can never, our faith is not just enough for it to be spoke, for people to speak of us about our faith. There's something that is required for our strengthening. There's something which is quite required for our establishment. And Paul said that what they needed, that church needed, was spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Oh, are you with me? Yeah. What they needed was spiritual gifts. 
I want us to look at something. Uh, let's open our Bibles to. I think no, uh, there be a lot of reading. I don't want us. I want us to read. There's a few things that I put that really tell us. So he said that you may be a star. I think let us go to the the the, 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 the next verse. Verse all. So that is that I may be comforted together with you by mutual faith, both of you and of me. More or less, he was talking about this spiritual gift. I want you. In, I think in First Corinthians chapter four, he was talking about the reason why we need spiritual gift. He said for the profiting of it. Uh, I do call all of us. I think for for the prophet of it, you are imparting to spiritual gifts that I think it may be a benefit not just only to you but to the entire body of Christ. Then you need spiritual gift first of all for your strengthening, first of all for your edification, first of all for your build up. No, that's the reason many Christians or many of people uh, for man of God is talking about that for years of we being born again, we've been remaining on the same level we, we are. Why? Because sometimes you have not been put into use. The giftings that God has given unto us. Hallelujah. Because say these gifts are meant for your establishment. Other people should be, uh, say they are meant for your strengthening, for your builder, for your for your for your early college, your exhortation. You need these things for your builder. Hallelujah. Others know this. That no matter how well you have come in your in your, in your Christian world, do not despise spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. No matter how you've come, no matter how the level of knowledge you've attained in Christ. There's nothing you shouldn't despise what spiritual gift. About me, that I said, a, a natural man will never receive anything of the spirit. Why? Because they are foolishness to him. Neither will he have them. Why? Because they are spiritually designed. For a natural person, spiritual things make no sense to them. But you, as a Christian, what you have to realize that before you become born again, you shouldn't despise them. It is something that you should covet for. Hallelujah. Paul tells the, the church that you should covet after spiritual things. I remember, was it last week or last week? Last two weeks or something, I'll share with you about the difference between how call it uh, Elisha and how they call it. What's the name of the other? Gehazi. One of them was convert, co- converting after spiritual gifts, and one was converting after after money. And you saw the, the difference that came uh, in their lives. Hallelujah. So Paul said, convert after this very thing is very important. So when it comes to spiritual no matter the level you've gone to as a Christian, you shouldn't despise them. You need them. Hallelujah. The second thing I want us to note is that spiritual gifts build you up and also build others up. Hallelujah. It is impossible to remain in the state you are spiritually if you put to work your spiritual gift. Hallelujah. So you need the effect to build you up. If you, you are not satisfied but at the level you are, a man of God has made us to understand, I believe this was a natural principle, that no mother or no parent is happy when their child refuses to grow. Now with time, you'll be able to understand that by weeks and by months, you know what a child is supposed to do at a particular time. It's a rage. You know, at this rate, this is what we expect a child to do. When a child is not doing those things, you believe that there's a deformity in the child. Because it's not normal. In the same way, God our Father doesn't expect us to be who we are. He expects us that we grow. Amen. And it is impossible for you to grow. And if you don't put to use some of the gifts that God has given to you. Hallelujah. The third thing that there's no believer or a newly born again spiritual Christian without a spiritual gift. Hallelujah. There's no one. There's no person. So first, you are born again because there are gifts that come by the Spirit. No spiritual gifts are different from talent. God can say, oh, I can draw, I can play football, I can sing, so I have a spiritual gift. No, talents are completely different from spiritual gifts. Your talent is something for what should I be like? Talent is something you receive when you are born naturally. There are gifts you receive maybe when you are born, they're natural then. Aside, some of them are given to you, but some of them are influenced by the environment you find yourself and the kind of 
place you grew up in. You pick a certain talent, you get it. But spiritual gifts are things that you receive by your spiritual birth. So one is your natural birth, one other one is your spiritual birth. But sometimes you need the both of them to make life so easy for you in this world. Hallelujah. Your talent, like your spiritual gift that God has given you to put them into use. So there's no, there's no believer on this earth that does not have a spiritual. At least you have one of them. Hallelujah. But the thing is that do you know them? Only you have one of them, but it's not wrong to convert after more. This people that Paul was longing to go and pass into their spiritual gift. It doesn't mean that they never had any. But you remember that it's not one, maybe whatever they may have, it's not just enough. They need more. I want us to look at something. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter, I think four scriptures. I was looking at them. First of all, Romans 12, you can write it and you can go read it for yourself. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. If you look at them, you could, when you put them together, realize that there are about 19 different spiritual gifts that are mentioned. And I also have means. Some of you might not even know their spiritual gifts. If you look at all of them put together, about different, like, say, apostleship, prophecy, evangelism, pastoring, teaching, exhortation, service, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And this tongue is not talking about the tongues that maybe you see people speak, not that. We're talking about the diverse kinds of tongues. Hallelujah. People have been given give different dimensions of tongues. Hallelujah. Interpretation of tongues. Miracles. Faith. And this video is talking about the faith that makes the happening of adequate impossibility. Like you have impossible things. So I think it's one of the gifts that really had to call it uh, desire for. Things that seem impossible. God gives people some dynamic kind of faith that they believe that it's going to be possible. And God watches over their faith and honor his word in their life. So we know this man of God, we will start to be an apostle of faith for the world. We need that to call it, uh, how do you call it, uh, Bessie the other to be an apostle of faith. But because they saw this people working in some strange kind of faith, that what many people never believed, or many people saw to be impossible, for them, it was a way of life for them. And it's a gift that God gives unto people. Hallelujah. We talk about generosity, we talk about mercy, we talk about healing, we talk about leadership, we talk about wisdom, we talk about knowledge, we talk about discernment of spirit, we talk about administration. Hallelujah. All these things are different spiritual gifts that God gives unto his church. And as a matter of fact, if you are a born again Christian, have the spirit of God inside you. You have one of these, at least one of them. There is no single person that has been given all these gifts. But that doesn't mean you require only one. At least there is something God gives unto you. That's the reason for impartation. That somebody impart on you certain gifts into you. Why? Because sometimes about the heart, many of you convert after certain things and go see the longing of your heart. The attraction is there. So he moves for that impartation to be given unto you. You saw, as I said two weeks ago, about the, somebody like Elisha. Why did Elijah know? He had a lot of prophets, sons. Why did Elijah know that all, among all the sons I have, somebody that was not a prophet, he was a person I have to anoint. But the Lord told him, this is the person I have chosen, anoint him as a prophet to take up over after you. But because there was a longing in his heart. Elisha never knew that. But the reason why you know that there was a longing in his heart was that as many times that they wanted to stop him, Elijah wanted to stop him from following him. He never stopped. He decided because he wanted. So that when it came to a point that Elijah was asked, what do you want? He said, I wanted a double portion of your anointing. I mean, that was what was in his heart. All this what he was desiring for. He never stopped him from following him. So that attraction was there. You get it? So when there's attraction in your heart, there's a lot of things that the Lord is going to impart on you. One of them it might not be enough. You may be walking in a, the earth for the discernment of spirit, but it might not be enough for you. Hallelujah. And say so these things are given unto us for our survival, for our strengthening and for our build. You need them. 
Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So, this I mentioned a lot of to you that you, you need all. Um, there's one thing I, I have desires, I said earlier, it's about the uh, this straight kind of faith. Hallelujah. For setting new possibilities. So sometimes, because of the way you brought up I and mean, some of the environment we have, if, if you need to, I believe there has to be a re education of our mind. They get it. And so that the environment we, we are still growing in. There are certain things you believe to attach, I do call it, uh, natural things to but i believe saturday can take another dimension of the spirit and you only take a man that work in their best kinds of people sometimes see things that ordinary people will not see or ordinary christians will not see so what you are perceiving something that this person is looking at this from a different angle but because that's a gift god has given unto you hallelujah so you need an irrespective of who you are because this thing we're talking about this church was not just an ordinary church you attend and became an example to the world. Just imagine people become an example to the world. Mm. And, uh, and our pastor is somewhere, Pastor, Chris, Pastor, Pastor Simon is not here with us. Mm. And in some way, and he has heard of the mighty thing that the Lord is doing to with us. Not only in Kolebu, not only in Accra, not only in Ghana, but he said to the entire world. It was wrong to come and see you. And he said, The reason I'm wrong to come and see you because there's something I believe you need. You need. I have to come and impart on you some spiritual things. It is not just enough. To work in, in, in the faith that we are working, you need something more. You need spiritual. So, people, are, we have to covet after things like this. If we have to be strengthened, hallelujah. If we have to be built up, you need them. You need them. It's not just enough to work in your talent. Talents are good, but talent can solve certain spiritual problems. It takes a man that is manifesting the giftings of God inside you to be to work in the next level. Hallelujah. You have them. If they are, so Paul was telling Timothy that fall into flames the gift that you receive by the laying up of hands. You could understand that Timothy received certain gifts when hands were laid upon him. What, what were those gifts? You could see here that Paul might be referring to spiritual gifts because he said he's longing to come and see them, that he part unto them some spiritual gifts. So if you're talking about Timothy, that fall into flames the gift you have received by the laying of hands of the apostle, that means that Timothy received something. That Paul was telling you to find into flames. In the same way, we have to find into flames certain things we have received. It can be inside as much as a gift. So nobody gives a gift to you and comes to take it back. But it can be inside you, you might not see the benefit of those gifts. Haven't you received several gifts and you still put them under yourself? You don't put them to use. Because you may think that you might not have need of them. Or because you don't understand the purpose of those gifts. So they will continue to be there. But the day you find this purpose, oh, I got this gift so many years ago. This person gave me this gift, and I didn't know that you could do this, this, and that. Because those are the times that you are not finding the purpose. There's a lot. Don't let there be dormancy in what God has given unto you. Because the gifts are not for you. He said He gave you this gift for your establishment and for the establishment of the church. The church gives this gift to survive. You also need it to survive. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that? You need it to survive. You need in this time of war that we find ourselves. Was it the Corinthians church? Was it the Corinthians church that Paul had a, there were a lot of what you call the manifestations? You can't understand, calm down. A lot of manifestations about how you could defend, how you could give things that Paul was so much careful. Was it the Corinthians church that you wanted them to really there be order among these people? I mean, it's what a church. <laughs> so you see, Paul, another group was so anxious to come in part until they had another uh, spiritual gift. In another group, the spiritual gift was so, how do you call it? Uh, Evident, so it says that everybody was doing it. 
So when you come to, to church, you see what this person is giving out the quality, a word of knowledge, giving a word of knowledge, and that person is also giving out the word of knowledge. People speaking at all times, there was no order. I love the church. Paul never said it was a bad thing, but for the purpose of order, he wanted them to be do it in a particular way. It's not a beautiful church. They will come here and God gives a word, a word of knowledge to you, Pastor Israel. Just start, so before you start preaching, you begin to adequate, uh, talk about and God open your eyes to begin to see certain things. Word of knowledge are not just meant for our prophets. No. The Bible never said anywhere that word of knowledge is required for our prophets. Hallelujah. I'm afraid to uh, prophet poet open. Hallelujah. It's not required for only them. You need them. You need them. Just imagine you keep and the word of God gives you a word of wisdom. You know, that's what was moving among and you call it uh, Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. The Bible said that they had understanding to all matters. Everything. It's like when you call the sweet sayers and the and the and the how do you call them? How should I even put it? The sources, when you call them, the diviners, all the magicians, when you call them. The certain thing they couldn't interpret about Paul. Eh, as, oh. <laughs> Daniel was given another level. That when he, he, he doesn't just have to, you to tell him his dream for you to interpret it. He can know the dream you dreamt and interpret it. The first time that didn't really happen was I think I slept on the same bed with Prophet Obero. I don't know if you remember. He had a dream, and that night I had the same, he was slept on the same, he had the same dream. Mm. <laughs> when he woke up, he said, I saw I had a dream about you, all the shares. I said, okay, I had a dream. I said, okay. And I said, share yours first. No, is that, I, I asked you to share his first. And he was talking about, uh, there was a plan like, uh, I don't know whether you remember, there was a, a program, a big program that a lot of men of God has come to really minister. And then, I said, do it, do it. The man of God, he saw, was it, he saw, I don't know whether, I saw Benin or Tielos, or he saw the other. So it was Benin and Tielos one. I saw one, he saw the other. But it was same set. He had come to town, was having a crusade, was looking for somebody to lay hands on. They get it. And he told me that person, hallelujah. Was looking for somebody to lay hands on and was having a meeting, just waiting for that person to come. And when the person came, he said, Yes, this was the person I was waiting for. He was waiting. So it was the same dream, but different. He saw Taylor's one or whatever, but he didn't lose it. And I saw the other person. I said, Wow. On the same bed, and the Lord opened his spirit to see something. He told the wife also, he has to open another person to see the same kind of dream. This is the man of God, if you worked here and God has given you that level of discernment. Hallelujah. Yes, the same way that Jesus was preaching, was it Nathaniel? That was standing somewhere and was doubting. He said, when we were standing under that tree, I saw you. We couldn't hide it for him. The same way that you call it Peter. When Ananias and Sapphira came in, they were lying. Meaning he started speaking. He said, Why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? Well, he had not had any knowledge about what we were coming to buy. Maybe they started speaking. The Lord opened his eyes and knew that no, this is a lie. You know, there are a lot of people who have learned body language and psychology and when you are speaking, they can look into your eyes and know that you know how a lying eye look like. That's why they have what you call a what's the name of this machine? For testing how they call it uh, lies. Like but it's a name for lie detector, but it's a name. Poly, poly, polygraph, yeah, that's the word, polygraph. You've watched movies, most of the American movies, you can see them. When you want to find out you are lying, you come to type like, uh, they're checking your blood pressure. 
height or somebody will put on your figure and be asking you a question and somebody will be watching how you call it the waves on their screen when you lie they say god the late the way god has designed your human body lie is not a part of you when you lie it will detect it and machine will detect it but there are people that have trained themselves to be able to overcome the machine why because it was designed by humans people very some criminals are able to train themselves to the sense that they can go through the polygraph test. You never even realize that they are lying. Mm. But some psychologists also they look at your eyes, you know how a lying eye look like. So oh, what your class I was watching, they're talking about when we interviewed this man, Bill Clinton, of you call it uh, his extramarital affairs that he had when he was a president and the way he was at, he was called to have an interview with him. And then one of the psychologists was saying they were giving Adequa his uh, summary of the interview. They said he asked me a particular question, and then he was talking about one of the side of his eye, blinked, and said that he knew that what he was saying wasn't the truth. By that, why because he studied the human being, that has sometimes, unless you have knowledge of that, sometimes it happens without you being aware. You get it? Some of these things we need them in the church, not just to detect people who are doing wrong. That's not what I mean. But I believe I'm saying that we need. To work in diverse kinds of gifts among the church. Then we come, somebody speaking in tongues, and God opens somebody's eyes to understand what the person is saying. They said, That's what the Lord is saying. Again, because Paul said that he waited that many of them will prophesy, not just because prophecy was important than the other gifting. He said that he wanted them to prophesy that to speak in tongues. It's not that prophecy was important than the other others the Bible. It was because of what he saw. He said, prophecy builds the church, edifies the church. He said, what is it when you come to speak in tongues and nobody is able to interpret it? Therefore, if you want to become beneficial to the church, when you speak, let another interpret. Because the purpose and the goal of spiritual gifts is not just to benefit the receiver, but also the people, the, the entire church. So Paul said, if you have gifts and that gift is benefiting you alone, then it's not as important as somebody whose gifting is benefiting the church. So he said, I prefer that many of you will prophesy. Why? Because of prophecy edifies the church. Prophecy comforts the church. Speaking in tongues, you are doing if you have, the Bible says, even when you speak, your mind is unfruitful. He said, then let another interpret so that the church will benefit. So just imagine, I keep this standing up, pick a mic, and all the entire message I preached was speaking in tongues. Is it bad to speak in tongues? No. How, how, how will it benefit you? This is the one that you me speaking in tongues. What you are going to do naturally, you also start speaking in tongues. You're speaking in tongues, I'm speaking in tongues. But I want to preach you. I'm not saying let's pray. <laughs> I want to preach you. So if all of us, what benefit does it give unto you? So Paul said, it's not necessary. Stop it. Let it be said. Put it in a way that the entire church will benefit. What have God blessed you with? I want to go over there. Listen again and I'm in here. Apostleship. Apostle Israel, isn't it? <laughs> prophecy. Prophecy. This is talk, I'm talking about prophets so that your mind says, oh, me, I don't, I, I don't want the gift of prophets. This is not talking about prophets. It's not talking about the office of a prophet. It's talking about prophets as a spiritual gift. Hallelujah. Amen. If you need it, the Lord is going to give on to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Evangelism. You know, some people who have, there are some people who you can't sit. <laughs> Typical person I saw uh, of Although you was called into office as an evangelist, definitely every evangelist needs the spirit of the gift of evangelist. Just as every prophet would need a word of knowledge, would need that to call it the prophecy, and they need word of wisdom. So if a prophet has 
put this territory to work. You can see that the, the prophecy is not really that complete. Because sometimes they themselves will tell you, when the Lord gives them something, you need wisdom you to know how to communicate it. A prophet who will not put in his word of wisdom to work, the Lord will show you something and you say it. Meanwhile, it's not meant to be said, maybe not even meant to be said at all, or not meant to be said at the time they were said. But just for name sake, the person will come around and come and say it. And it will take many years to rebuild what has been built for several years. Because the person, that word is going to shut a lot of things and it's going to break a lot of things. They need them. Hallelujah. Pastoring. Teaching. So this one, as I'm talking about, uh, when first, uh, as a boy, he said, uh, you can do the work of an of an evangelist. He wasn't talking about being an evangelist as per se. But understand what I'm saying. There's a difference between the office and the gifting. We're talking about exhortation. We're talking about service. We're talking about thoughts, interpretation of thoughts, miracles, faith, generosity, mercy, healing, leadership. So somebody will not say that, for example, with the healing that, oh, I don't have, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a healer. Oh, you are the healer. Hallelujah. If that's not a gift you desire, it is okay. But it's something you desire. God has called everyone. It's open to everyone. That's why Paul was telling us to convert after them. Earnestly desire after spiritual gift. Earnestly sought after this because you need them. As a Christian, your work on this earth will never be so much enjoyable if you don't put to work some of these things you have received or you don't yearn for more of it. You need more. Hallelujah. This might be a personal work and the Lord has, and about said, as a matter of fact, he said he gives all these things to people according to the measure of grace upon them. You get it? So God decides to give whatever he wants to give upon the measure of grace. But the Bible is understand that grace increases. In first Peter, say, let the grace of God be multiplied unto you according to your knowledge of our Christ. Say, grace increases. The certain thing that Lord, your grace in the Lord increases, they said that you need certain gifts to survive in that environment. There's a place that God boosts you. You need certain Setting gifting to survive. Somebody said it, I don't know who said it, I think either here on, on our online platform. That there are certain problems that come at your workplace. The only way that can be solved is by putting to use your spiritual gifts. I don't know who said that. I think it's not one of our meetings. At your workplace, there are certain things that can't be solved. But natural knowledge. So that you need one person to go outside that to solve the issue. And you need that for your survival. Sometimes if you don't put those things to work, then anyone will take advantage and mess your life around. Because you, 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 are, you are brought a separation between yourself, spiritual life, and your natural life. Hallelujah. But you need it. Let me summarize what I'm saying now. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So what I'm trying to tell all of us is that we should put to use what we have been given. That is first of all. Yes, like I said, there's no believer who doesn't have a spiritual gift. Everybody has them. Put them to use. Hallelujah. Do you know that like Paul told Timothy, fan into flames. Stir them up. Hallelujah. And I believe that we are going to stir them up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And not just that one alone. Covet for more. Amen. Covet for more. Because I said nobody, one person has all of them. And there's no person who doesn't even have one. You have at least one of them, but covet for more for your strengthening and for your education. And Paul said the church of Romans needed them. Oh, what a church. <laughs> your leader was so much anxious, so proud of you that he was praying for you every day just to come and see you. And said, The reason I'm coming because the same thing I believe that you need if you don't have it. Because the environment we have, we have new, we have Gentiles 
covered, that found itself in a, in an empire. They believe in all kinds of things. You needed these things for your strengthening. Hallelujah. So we don't become, how do you call it, uh, uh, ungrounded in our faith. You know, many people encounter certain challenges, but their approach to the challenges are different. But because of the way they have been built up. All of us will encounter one same issue. The way somebody will approach it will be different from the way the another person will approach it. That one they know this. You say you don't know who a man is until the person is presented with challenges. When the challenge comes, then you know who the real man is because a real man will know how to approach it. And somebody who is a man in a male's body also will have another way out to approach it. What am I trying to say? Spiritual gifts will separate you from the rest. Because in a moment of challenge and difficulty, you know how to put them to work. And you know, we don't just become like Christians who have no help. As much as we have help. And that help is inside of us, hallelujah. Which is the Holy Ghost. And not just that, he has given us several gifts for the survivor in this world. I want you to put them to work. And a lot of us covet after this. And like Paul said, it's going to strengthen and build us up and exalt all of us. Otherwise, there's no difference between us and the people of the world. The only thing we said, we talk about that you're a Christian. It's become like a call to find yourself in. But not just become a Christian. I believe that our life should be an example. And that's my desire. And there's a lot of things I, I, I talked about that, that the faith. Hallelujah. I need it so much. Hallelujah. I need it. Amen. I need it. Hallelujah. I've been converted after I fall. There are certain things that my heart doesn't long for. The Lord knows it. Hallelujah. And that one, I don't know. <laughs> but I of them, oh God. In the same way, it's even influencing the kind of message you listen to. Haven't you realized? Somebody who has attitude on our prophets, somebody who has a prophetic grace upon their life, if you open their laptop or their phones, the kind of ministry they listen to is totally different from somebody who desire for that teaching grace. They are totally different. If you see a teacher really fully a prophet, because that prophet, aside teaching, after prophesying, teaches so powerful. Because I want to look at Kes Lato, there's no man of God on his phone that I, I, I want to listen to. It's not like they are not pretty powerful. I I don't know what is it about these people that can laugh so much. Because that's what you got score for. My laptop is different. When you come to my message, they are different. They are different. There's different kinds of people I will speak to. Different kinds of people. But you, who will you really listen to? Hallelujah. Who will you listen to? If I check your laptop or your message, I'll be able to know the difference between you and me. And that longing and that desire in your heart will push you to the right people. And that right impartation will come to you. Hallelujah. Shall please be on our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let's close our eyes for a moment. Many of us here, I don't know. I think something we've been speaking about for years. One thing that we, we know about this church, and it's a common knowledge. There's a lot of things. You know, some of the man of God will be saying that, oh, it's like I'm seeing you better, uh, higher than 
uh, uh, the reality is because it's not that he's seen higher than the reality is whatever you see is yes it's a reality but god has endowed us with a lot of things that many of us including myself are not putting to use it becomes so dormant inside of us and you're waiting for the right time brother and sister there's nothing like the right time when they come to the manifestation of spiritual you will live to what the Lord commands you to do. And the church, there are certain things God has put inside you that the church needs it now. So that if you look, sit back, there are a lot of things you see that probably the leadership might not see. There are a lot of things that the Lord is drawing your attention to. But sometimes it's uh, eluding some people. Nothing stops you from bringing it forth. Hallelujah. The word of knowledge, words of wisdom. There's some people who speak to them, and after they are spoken to you, know, you know that it's like the Lord standing before you and speaking to you. <laughs> because all this was your mind might not have gone to that direction, but after speaking to this one person alone, it's like the Bible talk about the multitude of counselors, they're accepting. But after speaking to one person, you feel like you've spoken to a multitude of counselors, but that person has been gifted to see things in another level. In another from another level that you are not seeing why a lot of voices are telling you this this only one person is telling you something different but you know that this one is the one making sense this is the one you can relate to wisdom giving that's generosity healing Bible talks about the, the, the working of miracles. Hallelujah. That's healing, and there's also a working of miracles. There are many of you that will have to walk in that. You want to pray. And want to stir these things up. You know, stirring up not just about what you are going to do right now, just to speak in just tongues, and you finish and you just close the chapter of the book and sit there. I believe what Paul was telling Timothy to find into flames that gave him yes. He has, he has given up. He wasn't trying to do like on, 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 a, on a particular day and just talk. He was given an advice that something that should be his life. That a lot of things that you have received by the name of our hands. If Paul would tell Timothy that then you know that there are certain things that Timothy will become dormant about. To say, find into flames. Stand them up. And I want to pray. When you tell the Lord that should help him. Hallelujah to put to use these abilities but sometimes the lord is looking down on us and many of us want to say oh my son and my daughter why have you become so dormant for all these years and sometimes you are you are you are, you are sorting and coveting after many many other things well you have a lot sometimes many of you are coveting after things that the lord has already given to you and no matter how long you pray and how long you fast, you are never going to have it. But the thing is already there inside you. You have nothing to give to you again. It is there. But ignorance is making you go run and still seeking for it. And suddenly you feel like the Lord is not really answering your prayers. No, not that the Lord is not answering your prayers. It's because what you are asking for has already been answered before you, you, you were praying about. And you need to put them to work. We have just two minutes. Just want to open your mouth and begin to pray. In the name of Jesus. That the Lord should help you to go to put to use this gift. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Libros kapaliado sata kapalagaba. Open your mouth and pray in the name of Jesus. There shall be a stirring up in the name of Jesus. That you put you, many of you have been called to the, the ministry of service. You just can't sit on your on your on on on, on your on, on your motor until you see something we put you until you see yourself in the service of in the, in the house of God. Many of you that's what you have been given. Your heart always is longing for that. One of you the teaching grace the Lord has given unto you. No many people are becoming so 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 it's like they there's nothing they could understand. The Lord is only waiting on you to bring clarity. To those people, to bring clarity because of the of the teaching grace that is upon your life, he's waiting on you to start taking this serious. He's waiting on you to begin to wait on him. He's waiting on you to begin to spend time in the Word because if you're a teacher, you can't spend the same time somebody else is spending. But you, you have to spend more time. If other people are spending more time in God's Word, you need to spend extra time in it. Otherwise, you, you can never be able to walk to the fullness of that gift that the Lord has given you. Because there are many things the Lord wants to teach you. But He only will teach you when you submit yourself to His teaching. You want to open your mouth and you want to pray in the name of Jesus. And those of us who have been called into the prophetic grace, there's, there's a lot of things the Lord wants to see you put them into work. The Lord wants to see you put them. He wants to see you speaking His mind concerning the church. He wants to see you. That the word that will come out of your mouth will save many people from danger. He's waiting on you. Many people are running into difficulties. Many people are running into, into danger. Many people do not know what is the next step to take. And they're making certain mistakes in their life. But the Lord is controlling to give them the advice. That will save them. Because you open your eyes to see what the people are not seeing. You open your eyes to know what people can't can know at a point in time. The word of knowledge, the Lord is going to give it to many of you. And those of who have it, there's going to be a staring up inside of you. In the name of our Lord. Open your mouth right now and begin to pray. Oh, Ragabasatakapalagaba. I want to hear you pray in the name of And I just want me to open your mouth and pray. In the name of Jesus, Makapa Gabasute. Oh, Nebraska Pendi. I know Satakapa. Liba Lagabasute Kepediana. Apostleship in the name of Jesus. Nigo Satakapa. Prophecy, evangelism, pastoring, teaching, exhortation, service, tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, faith, generosity, mercy, healing, leadership, wisdom, knowledge, discernment of spirit, administration. May the Lord give unto us in the name of Jesus. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Libros Kapanda Lagaba, Libosso Takapa, Libras Kependi Amasata, Libolobo Sota, Labras Kependiana, Limana Kapalagaba Sotakapa, Limano Kapalagaba Sote, Limano Kapalagaba Sotalagaba Sutelegabediano Satalagaba, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Before, before I take my seat, there's a song uh, I want to I don't know the lyrics, but I believe if last this can help me. Is it? I, I, I think I've heard you guys sing it once, or maybe I've heard it somewhere. Is it? I love you, Lord, for your mercy never feels whatever. All my deeds have been held in your hands. But the moment that I wake up to I leave my hand, I will sing of the goodness of the Lord. I think you've seen that song, right? Yeah, help me if you know how to sing it. I, I, I really love it, but I don't know the lyrics.